it has a purpose and a reason. So everything that we're believing for more, we need to make sure that our more has a destination. What are we wanting more for? It's the year far more. But what do you want it for? So we've been talking, and let's look at our list this morning. We're up to today's number 11, but let's look at the last 10, okay? If you've been missing, here we go. So we talked about number one, we need more of what? Jesus. There you go. We need more Holy Ghost. We need more souls. We want to see more people come to Jesus. More workers. More miracles. More freedom. More grace and mercy. Amen. We need more peace. More love. More love toward our spouses and our family. That's what we talked about yesterday. I'm sorry, last Sunday. I talked about it yesterday. Y'all weren't here to listen. Listen, so, but today we're up to number 11. I'm going to tell you what that is in just a moment. But I want you to understand. Now, Miss Amy did Wednesday night. She did an unbelievable job teaching, always does. But, man, we enjoyed it. But she did some math. And I just wanted y'all to know today, I know how to do some math, too. Did did y'all ever do word problems in school? I like these word problems, okay? So I, I'm gonna, I, but so Jaden has one dollar bill. He has one quarter, and he has two pennies. Okay, you got the answer in your head. All right, it's my favorite kid right here. So he's gonna tell you the answer to this word problem. All right, y'all ready? Let's let's, let's check it out. Jaden has one dollar bill, one quarter, and two pennies. How how much money? How much money does he have? Jaden broke. <laughs> <laughs> play, play it again. We gotta one play that three bills, times. One quarter. And Start two it over. Pennies. Start it over. How Jaden has one dollar bill, one quarter, and two pennies. How? How much money? How much money does he have? Jaden broke. <laughs> Jaden has one dollar bill, one quarter, and two pennies. How? How much money? How much money does he have? Jaden broke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is anybody tired of being like Jaden? Jaden broke. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being broke. Amen. Today we're going to talk about number 11, more money. Anybody need more money? Come on. So we're talking about we we need more Jesus. We need more Holy Ghost. We need more souls. We need more workers. Amen. We need more peace, joy, and love. We need more, amen, for the kingdom of God. But I'm going to tell you something. To do all of that takes money. If we want to reach more people, you got to have advertising. You got to have outreach. You've got to, I mean, all the stuff we do to go online, you got to pay for the internet. You got to pay for it. It takes money to operate. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you are operating, uh, you know, they're always talking about a cashless society. <laughs> I've been operating cashless for a long time, just not on purpose. <laughs> 
Listen, I don't want to, I'm ready to have more money, but what is the purpose, what is your destination for the money? If you want more money, everybody says, oh yeah, I want more money. But what do you want it for? What's the purpose? If we, if our purpose, if we look at, because the Bible says you can ask anything in his name and you'll have it. And he said, you have not because you ask not. But then he said, but some of you ask amiss. Or you ask things, amen, that has no purpose. And you're asking it for your own selfish desires. I can tell you, if you're looking for more money, just to have more money in the bank, so that when you die, amen, you have more money, or you have money and it's all about you, God's not getting so excited to get behind that. But if you have a purpose and a destination for more money, that you want to be able to do more for the kingdom of God, you want to be a blessing to your family more, amen, you want to increase, amen, more so that you can bless others, you can forward the kingdom, amen, build the church, you can love, you can do everything you do better, I'm telling you, God can get behind that. He gets excited when you want more so you can give more. Not more so you can have more. So we're going to look this morning at more. More money. What does that mean? What's the principle? And if I got more money... What would I do with it? Do you already know? Many of you, your mind is like, oh, I know what I would do. So many people always tell me, Pastor, if, if, if I got this, if I do this, if this came to me, I would build that family life center. I would do this. I, you know, the Lord knows your heart. He knows the reason that you're wanting prosperity. And when it is to bless others and be a blessing to the kingdom, I'm telling you, if you'll do right and you'll follow the principles, God will make it happen for you. Amen? So today we're talking about more money. Because none of us want to be Jaden. We've already been there. Jaden's broke. So we talked about, you know, we, we, we all know the story of Elijah. Elijah goes to the little widow and she comes out and he says, Hey, can you go fix me a, fix me a pancake? And she said, Sir... I'm out here gathering a little wood. I'm fixing to build a fire. I'm going to cook the last pancake for me and my son. And we're going to die. We're broke. No job. Husband's passed. No income. We're hopeless. And Elijah said something that doesn't make sense. He said, make me a pancake first. Sir, I've just told you I have one, and we're going to eat it and die. He said, make me one first. There's something that happened, something faith must have risen in this woman's heart, because she said, okay. And she fixed him one first, and he ate it. And then she went back to the meal and there was another cup. And she went back to the oil and there was another cup. And she went back every day during that famine and there was always enough. If you want supernatural supply, you've got to learn to pass the test. Every time money comes into your hand, you're tested with it. Are you going to give God His 
first or are you just going to eat yours and die? You have a choice. I don't know about you. I want to make the right decision. Amen? So we find in Luke chapter 6. Now, we, we pray this scripture every Sunday. We just prayed it. But did you listen to it? Do you know the connotation? Do you know where it came from? Do you know the context? Let me give it to you. This is Luke chapter 6, verse number 37 and 38. Let, let me read it to you out of King James first. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet it out, with all it shall be measured to you again. Let, let, let's look at it in the New Living Translation. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more. What are we talking about this year? More. Can anybody feel like that you can make some room for some more money? Now, if your bank accounts are full, your IRAs are full, your CDs are full, if your, if your sock drawer is full, I'm not talking to you. But if the rest of you have some space for a little bit more, we have some principles that God is trying to show us of how we can get more. And we read this whole passage. We see that there is give and take. There is give and then there is return. You judge, what happens to you? You're judged. You condemn, condemnation's going to come back to you. You've all heard the scripture, you reap what you sow. How many's ever said that? Reap what you sow. We like to say that about other people. You're going to reap what you sow. But then when you, they turn it around and go, you too, we go, Ooh, oh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I want you to reap what you sowed. I don't want to reap what I'm sowing. But, it, but it's a principle. It's just the way it works. So if you judge, you're going to be judged. If you condemn, you're going to be condemned. And if you give, he said that your gift will return back to you. And then it'll be pressed down, shaken together, and running. You would like a blessing like that. I, well, let me tell you something. I, there's several things that just drive me bananas. Number one, shalotskis. I get their jalapeno chips. I love them. Big bag, full of air. You open it up, few chips. Now, it's that way everywhere. Number two, Chick-fil-A. I buy the ice dream. I love the ice dream. They have learned. They know how to make ice dream. You go around the outside, 
put something on top, the whole middle's empty. When I order my ice dream, I say, could you do me a favor? Oh, yes, sir. What would you like? Could you please fill the middle up with ice cream? Sometime I get it, sometime I don't. Because they've been trained. Listen, there's a lot of stuff we have full of air. There's a lot of blessing full of air. It's a lot of hoop and holler and shout, but when you get right down to it, it's little substance. Listen, I'm ready, amen, to get the potato chip bag, open it up, shake it, press it down, and fill it up to the top. Come on, get my ice cream. I want it like bluebell. Amen, you can't even get the lid off because there's so much it's stuck to the top. Come on, overflow me, Lord. I can handle more. Some of you come in, you're already so full and puffed up, you can't receive. I'm preaching, it's just running off. Oh, but there's other people, amen, that come, amen, they press down, they shake it up, amen, they've got some room, and everything you say, everything the Lord does, amen, they're like a sponge soaking it up and just saying, Lord, I'm ready for more. we got to get ourselves pressed down, shaken together, and then allow the Lord to run us over. Your gift will return, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. Are you ready? A couple of you. rest of you scared. Y'all won't be like Jaden. Jaden broke. <laughs> I love that laugh. Jaden broke. <laughs> I love it. I'm not Jaden. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, we're not just talking about money. The amount you judge is the amount you're going to be judged. The amount of condemnation that you give, lack of mercy, lack of grace, that's what's coming back to you. Amen. Ever how you give it. With whatever spoon that you measure it out. That's what King James. With whatever measure. If you use a teaspoon to give, you'll get back a teaspoon. If you give a cup, you get back a cup. I'm telling you, I'm ready to get some five-gallon buckets. With whatever attitude you give it. Because if you give attitude, you'll get attitude. Huh? If you give anger, you'll get anger. A soft answer turns away wrath. Hey, amen, we've got to understand that when we're living life, hey, amen, everything we're doing is we're giving out and it's going to return to us. What do you want to come back to you? And how much of it do you want to get back? So if, there's, if you want less judgment, judge less. If you want more love and peace and mercy, you better start giving more. Amen. If you're looking for more money, amen, there's a principle. Give and it shall be given. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about tithe. We talk about offering. We talk about 
uh, giving. And, and this is everything in your life. It's about your service. It's about your time. It's, it's about how you serve on your job. It's about giving to your children. Everything in life, it's all about give and take, giving and receiving. But let's talk specifically about tithe. Now, first of all, what is tithe? A tithe is a word that means 10%. It's tenth. A tenth. A tithe. 10% belongs to the Lord. Let's look at Malachi chapter 3, uh, verse number 8 through 12. Should people cheat God? Question mark. Let me read it again. That was a question. Should people cheat God? Okay. That's what they said. And then God responded, Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, What do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithe and the offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for the whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so that there may be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. I don't know. Does that sound like more? So so much you can't even take it in. You won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Everybody say that with me. Try it. Put me to the test. This is the only place God says, try me. Test me. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, For your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now he's talking about here the tithe, a tenth of your income and offerings. He said, you've cheated me. And they said, how did we cheat you? He said, in your tithe and offerings. You haven't given me back. Now I want you to notice something here. He said, bring the tithe. He didn't say give. Because the tithe is not an offering. It is returning what is God's. You borrow my truck, keep it a couple weeks, and then you come back and say, Pastor, I want to give you a truck. You can't give me a truck. You can just return what's mine. So don't think we can't come up in church acting all holy. Oh, Lord, I'm giving you my tithe. No, you're not. You're just bringing what's God's. You're doing what he told you to do. You're, you're, you're putting him to the test. You're trying him. He said, try me. Put me to the test and see. Now, most of us today, some of you might, most of us don't have gardens. We don't have herds. We don't have crops. But we've got jobs. We've got cars. We've got childrens. We've got equipment. You ever feel like that your equipment stays broke more than it stays fixed? You ever feel like your car stays broke? 
I'm telling you, he said, if you will, when you cheat me, you're living under a curse. And can I give you another name for curse? Consequences. We in America, in the world, are living under the consequences of cheating God. You look at our world. It's broke. Our world, and, and, and we're, we're cheating God in so many things, not just in tithing. And, and he's talking to his people. But there's people who are cheating him out of a relationship. They're cheating him out of their life. Amen. They're trying to do things on their own. But when we come into the house of God and we become a child of God and we're trying to walk with him and serve him, you cannot serve God and steal from him. Because you're living and then you always, you're always like Jaden, broke. And then you say, why? Because you're living under a curse. Or you're living under the consequences of stealing from God. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all amen today. Y'all amen last week better when I was talking about that stuff. Oh, yeah, pastor, I need more of that. But I don't want to give no more. Tithing is not given. It's just returning what it belongs to God. But God said, when you obey me. You see, it's a trust issue. When you trust God to know that he will bless your 90% and it will go further than your 100% cursed. I don't know how it works. It's supernatural. I just know it was God. I didn't say test it. I didn't say try it. God did. And he said, if you do... If you'll test me, if you'll try me, if you'll honor me, I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. You want more? You've got to learn to honor God more. Trust God more. Give what belongs to God. And then the the tithe just puts you even with God. It's your offerings that you give alms to the poor and to manna house to feed the hungry and all the different things that you do. Because the 10% is God's. You're just returning it. The 90% is yours. Now, what are you going to do with it? If you'll learn to still take some of that 90% and do good with it also, be a blessing to others, the Lord will even multiply it even more. Look at chapter uh, Mark chapter 12. And we're going to move through here real quickly. Uh, Mark chapter 12. And he called his disciples unto him, and he said, Verily I say unto you, this poor widow hath cast in more than all the rest. Because they cast in out of their abundance. But she did cast in all she had. So, listen, aren't you glad God doesn't require all you have? 10%'s a blessing. What if he'd have said 25? Isn't it amazing? The IRS will take your money and then give you back a little of your money. And you're all excited. But if you'll give God His, He said He'll give you so much you won't be able to handle it. I don't want to honor the IRS more than I honor God. Amen? I want to do what He said. He said, listen, He said, He's watching the offering. And he said, hey, guys, see this little widow right here? She just 
put in two mites. She put in more than everybody. You see, because God, it's not about the amount. It's about the obedience. You see, every single person in here makes a different amount. And your 10% is different. It's not the amount that honors and blesses God. It's the obedience. Maybe you just made a dollar. But when you pay that 10%, that 10 cents, it's just as powerful as the one that made a 1,000 this week and gave a 100. God sees it, he honors it, and he blesses it, and he rewards it. He said, they all gave of their abundance. They, 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 they had plenty, and they just cast in a little tip. But she made a sacrifice and gave all she had. You see, God is looking at the heart. He's looking at the principle. He's looking at your obedience. He's looking at your trust. He's looking at your faith in him, and he's watching See, we, we think, oh, God don't see. Oh, he sees. He's watching. And believe me, he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Amen? And so, so we, we, we look at the Cain and Abel. Y'all have heard this story so many times. First murder in the Bible. Cain and Abel. After Adam and Eve sinned, got out of the garden, God showed them how to kill an animal, how to dress it, how to make a sacrifice. They had been making sacrifices. They had been bringing offerings to God for a long time. They're grown people now. It's not their first rodeo. But on this day, the Bible says Abel brought his best. And it says Cain brought some. Did you bring your best to God? Or did you just bring some? And the Bible says God accepted Abel's offering and he didn't accept Cain's. And Cain got angry. And God said, Cain, why are you angry? If you'll just do what's right, I'll bless you. He said, but if you don't, sin lies at the door. All Cain had to go do was go get the best, bring the tithe. All he had to do was honor God, but instead he got angry at somebody else because they were blessed. Don't get mad at other people because God blesses them. You don't know what they're doing to get that blessing. You don't know how they're serving, how they're giving, how they're worshiping. How, how you, you, you don't know what measure they've been measuring it out. So don't be mad when God measures it back to them in abundance. Because if you will do what's right, God will bless you also. But if not, you're going to live under the consequences. Well, instead of Cain going back and doing what was right and getting God's blessing, he got angry. And one day that anger boiled over and he killed his brother. And then God said, Cain, where's your brother? He said, I don't know. I'm not my brother's keeper. And God says, his blood is crying out from the ground. I hear it. You could have done what was right. You could have honored me and I would have blessed you. But instead, I'm going to curse you. And he had to live. You don't have time to get in that story. But he had to live the rest of his life under the consequences of the curse. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live under the consequences of the curse. I want to live under the blessing. 
of prosperity. I want to live under the blessing of trust and obedience to God. Because I don't want to be cursed. Because cursed money don't go very far. Cursed stuff breaks. Cursed stuff breaks down. Cursed stuff stops working. Cursed bodies, amen, give out. Listen, I want everything I've got to be blessed. Amen? And then, isn't it amazing? Every time, anybody got an extra blessing? All of a sudden, an extra $100 showed up or 500 You got a bonus, you're like, woohoo! I used to get excited about that. But now, when that happens, I, I look around and go, what's fixing to break? It's not a bad thing. It's just I live under the blessings of God. And he said, I'll, I'll supply all of your needs. And I just know God always takes care of my stuff even before it breaks. When you walk under the blessing of God, when you, as, the, as a church, we're, the church is a giver. We pay tithe. We make sure tithe goes out. We pay tithe off this resurrection offering coming. And we see reward all the time. I got a call this week. Our ice machine's out. It's been out for weeks now, months. $3,500 for a new one. I got a call from a gentleman this week, and he said, Pastor, uh, have you done anything about your ice machine? I said, yes. He said, what? I said, I go to Sonic. He said, Pastor, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm bringing you a new ice machine. Giving it to the church. Why? Why, Why does stuff like that happen? Because we honor God. Because we bless people. Because we give. Amen. And the Lord always makes a return. And He's such a blessed man. Amen. God, He gives all the time like that. And He's overtaken with the blessings of God. God's faithful. Amen. God, you cannot outgive God. And it don't just come back in money. It comes back in every area of your life. You can either be like Cain and live under the consequences of the curse. Or, amen, you can do what is right. And live under the blessings. Now, I I don't know about you, but I want the blessings of God to be generational. You see, the reason I feel like I'm so blessed is because my mom and daddy were blessed. Because my mom and daddy were tithers. They were givers. Amen. They gave, uh, daddy gave, one time he gave everything they had away. He let Paul and Jill keep one toy. Gave the entire house everything they had away. They lived the rest of their days. They didn't make a whole lot of money. Amen. But they never had. They never lacked. Never lacked. They, they, you walk through their house, everything in there. Somebody gave me this. Somebody gave me this. Somebody blessed me with this. Blessed me with this. I mean, it, they, they were givers. And I watched God bless them and multiply them. Seemed like every time we would go out to eat, we all made more money than them. But they always had the money to pay for us. They were blessed. And it's generational. We see Abraham. How many say Abraham's blessed? Oh, he obeyed God. He counted those things that were not as though they were. It was counted to him for righteousness. Amen. God gave him a son. He took the son up on the mountain and God said, kill him. I want you to notice that Abraham didn't share with Sarah what God said. 
Mama would have said, you crazy husband, you're not taking my boy nowhere. I'll kill you. <laughs> no, no. He, all he told her, we're going to worship. <laughs> and then he told his servants, me and the lad are going to worship and we will return. They were on their way up the hill and the mountain and Isaac, a young man, teenager by now, says, Daddy, I'm pretty smart. We're going up to sacrifice and I, I know you've taught me all of God's word and how to sacrifice and I see the wood and I see the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide himself. A sacrifice. They got to the top and he built that altar and put that wood there and did everything. And then he tied his teenage son up on that altar. I'm going to tell you something. Abraham was pretty old at that time. I think that teenage boy probably could have broke and ran away if he wanted to. It tells me a lot about his honor and respect for his father. Tied him up on that altar and raised the knife willing to give the very promise and God stopped him and said, now I see that you won't withhold anything from me. And I'm going to bless you. Well, he looked over. He saw a ram caught in the thicket. He sacrificed the ram instead of his son. They came back home. I'm, I, can, I, can, I can just imagine it. Because I've done this same thing with my kids on the drive home. Don't tell mama. Don't. don't. Don't tell your mama I tied you up and was about to stab you in the heart. Don't tell mama. So we 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 were, I mean Abraham obeyed God and God blessed him and he was how many would say Abraham's blessed? But what about his son? Is is blessings generational? What you teach your children, what you do, if they do also they'll be blessed. If not, you don't get to operate all the time on mom and daddy's blessing. Oh, your kids, we're blessed because of them. But at some point, you've got to operate in your own blessing. What about Isaac? Was Isaac blessed? Have you ever read anything about Isaac? Let me talk to you. Are you ready? Genesis 26, chapter, verse number 12. Only two more scriptures. Here we go. I read this, it made me shout. I'm thinking, I thank God for mom and daddy. I thank God for their giving. I thank God that this church, I mean, most of it is here because of them. But you know what? Since in the last, I've been preaching here since I was 15, just turned 56, but senior pastor about 28 years, something like that, 29 years. Since I've been, you know, in, in, in leadership, we've done a lot of good stuff too. We're living off a lot of their blessing, but we're also planting a lot of seed in ourselves because I want future blessing. I need my children to be blessed. I need my grandchildren to be blessed. And so we constantly sow and we give. Look at Isaac. Genesis 26, verse 12. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain that he planted for the Lord blessed him 
he became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. Do you want to walk in so much blessing, even that people jealous of you? The world, they, the Philistines were the enemy. But he was so blessed that they were jealous of him. Huh? You, you, you want to be so blessed that uh, Zuckerberg's jealous of you? Huh? All those Hollywood stars and that, all those quarterbacks and everybody making all that. They look at you and go, whoa, I want to be like them. Hallelujah. Blessed. 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 Amen. Isaac not just blessed because of his daddy, but Isaac blessed. He had to plant his own garden. Mm. See, we're blessed several ways. Number one, we're blessed by the hand of man. When you give, when you sow, amen, God blesses you. You got a job. Every Friday, your boss writes you a check. That's the hand of man. You, you, you get all kind of blessings, all kind of things. You get blessed by the hand of man. God uses man. God uses you to bless a lot of people. But when the hand of man can't do it, the hand of God steps in. Supernatural supply. Supernatural. And then... All of a sudden, God bless. Case in point, children of Israel going through the wilderness. They're hungry. They're dying. And God sends manna from heaven. Man didn't give that. God did. But you know what? After so long, 40 years they wandered. That generation died. Another generation rose up. And then when God called them into the promised land, guess what? The Bible says the next morning, the manna stopped. And guess what? If they ate, they ate what their hands picked. They had to work. They had to fight. They had to get the giants out. They had to do work. I mean, there's something. Yes, God's supernatural. And yes, God will bless you. But I'm telling you, it don't always come when you just sit and go, I'm waiting on your blessing. Sometimes you got to get out and put your hands to work. you got to use what God has given you, your gifts, talents, and ability. But I'm telling you, thank God for generational blessings. You're showing principle. You're teaching your children, amen, how the blessings of God work. And you show them by example how God blesses you when you're faithful. And then they'll continue that. And I loved it. Isaac received a hundred times more than he planted. That's a pretty good increase. I don't know about you. I would take that any day. You say, but Pastor, you don't understand this, this, this economy. We're, we're living in a tough economy. We're living, you know, in a hard time, and it's hard to do this and that. And other. I'm going to tell you something, church. I mean, we're not living by the world's economy. We're living according to heaven's economy, and God's not broke. I said, God's not broke. When the Israelites were in Egypt under bondage, still God's people, sometimes we feel like we're under bondage all the rules and regulations and taxes and all the stuff that happens. and just, That's why it's important that you get out and vote. Exodus chapter 1 verse 12. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied. 
Come on, church. Come on. The more the enemy tries to fight, the more the enemy tries to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. Jesus said, I come that you have life. More. More life. More abundantly. That's more. So the enemy comes to steal. But listen, the more he fights you, the more he attacks you, the more that he tries to discourage you, the more that he tries to stop you, if you will be faithful, if you will obey the principles of God, if you will honor God with what's his, amen, if you'll be a blessing. Because listen, if you're going to judge, you're going to get judged back. If you're going to condemn, you're going to get condemned back. If you give, you're going to receive. And the amount you give is how you're going to get it back. So how much judgment are you giving? How much mercy are you giving? How much love are you giving? How much peace are you giving? How much forgiveness are you giving? How much of your time are you giving? How much of your life and your, your, your talents are you giving? How much of your resources are you giving? Listen, you can go down the line and you can just take a little test and, and test yourself and say, is, is what's going on in my life right now Blessing or cursing? Am I living under the blessings of the Lord or am I living under the consequences of my disobedience? You know what? Only you can answer that and only you can fix that. Can I get an amen? Amen. So, every year at Easter, we give our resurrection offering. We give... The, our best offering. It's above the tithe. It's, it, it is uh, uh, just a miracle offering. It is stretching our faith. It is believing God. Last year, this resurrection offering was around $50,000. We need that or more to do what we, we want to do this year. We want to build the TLH Chapel. We're closing in half of the pavilion. It will be our Spanish church. It'll be La Casa del Señor. We'll meet in there. The Sunday school will be there. It'll double our fellowship area. It'll give us storage. It'll do a lot of stuff for us that we need because we're growing. and We're having growing pains. But to do that, we need more money. And for you, in your life, in your business, in your home, you need more money. It takes more money to operate. And so I, I just want you to ask the Lord. I, want you to, I wanted you to have this envelope. Most of the time we give it to you on Easter Sunday. I wanted you to have it today. I want you to take this envelope home. I want you to put it where you'll see it the most. On your refrigerator. That way you'll be able to see it multiple times a day. Now. There are several things that are important on that envelope. Your name, that's important. But God knows your name. The amount, that's important. You, do, you, you just do your best. You do whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to you. But the most important thing on that envelope is what I'm believing for. We've been doing this now for 15 or 20 years, and we have seen miracles upon miracles if you want to know I've got every one of them I can look back and say that happened, that happened, this happened each year we increase each year we say Lord we stretch our faith we want to give more, we're believing this year to write a check bigger than we've ever have before we want to give more 
as the Lord has blessed us. I encourage you to stretch your faith this year. Maybe you've never, maybe you just just give the normal amount and don't think nothing about it. I want you to really take some thought this year. I want you to take that home and begin to pray over it. What are you believing for? Are you want to start a new business? Do you have issues in your family? Is your mar- how's your marriage? How, how, how is your finance? How's your health? We have seen so many people write things health-wise and seen God do miracles. Now, it's not a gimmick. It's not a scheme. It's not like, oh, I'll do this and God will give me. Listen, it's, it's about obedience. You pray and say, Lord, what would you have me give this year? Stretch your faith and then begin to write, I'm believing far. We told you, we, we, for, we never wrote this, but finally a couple of years ago we decided, and we wrote on there, grandkids. That next year, we got two. I told my children, I won't write that on my envelope for the next couple of years. I'm going to give you all a break. Just ask the Lord what he would have you do. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, today, there's so many things that we can shout and jump over and preach about and get excited about. But, Lord, when we talk about money, uh, sometimes we just clench. And it's because the enemy wants us to feel like that we're being cheated some way. Because the world is so full of gimmicks and schemes. And But, Lord, we want to be true to your word. Father, we want to honor you. You gave us an example of giving. You gave your only son. You loved us so much. You did not withhold your very son. And you gave your son who died on the cross for our sins. And you reaped a family. Millions and millions of believers that will go into eternity and come to heaven to live with you because you gave an offering and you reaped a harvest. Father, that principle still works in our life today. Father, we, it has to start with us giving our lives to you. for our life, for our eternity, for our sake, for our children, for our future, for our eternity. But, Father, after that we've given our hearts and lives to you and we're in relationship with you, Father, we want to be obedient to you. We want to honor you with what's yours. We want to show you that we are trustworthy and that we trust you. So, Father, I pray today that you would touch each and every heart. And, Lord, we search our own heart. And, Lord, if I am not honoring you with a tithe of what I've received, my income, I ask you to forgive me. And I pray that you would help me to begin to honor you and bring my tithe. Lord, I thank you that you're going to speak to my heart about this resurrection offering on Easter Sunday. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give me a number. I'm going to write it on that envelope, and then you're going to put it in my hand. 
I thank you, Lord, for every person that stretches their faith and believes you. And, Lord, when they write that number on there and then they start believing you and trusting you as, they, as you put it in their hand, let them put it in that envelope. And then on Sunday morning, Lord, we're going to sow that seed and we're going to see miracles happen. And we thank you in advance for our TLH chapel. We thank you it's built and paid for in Jesus' name. And I thank you that every seed sown is going to come back to your people in so many ways, so many blessings. And Lord, we just want to live and operate under your kingdom. Father's heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I just ask if there's one person, you're here today and you say, I haven't given the best gift. I haven't given my heart to Jesus. If I were to die today, I'm not 100% sure I would go to heaven. But I want to know. I want to have relationship with Jesus. I want to accept his gift on the cross for forgiveness of my sins and receive him as my Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, pray with me. Will you just slip your hand up right where you're at? Yes, yes, yes. Would you pray with me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your gift. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your death on the cross for me. But thank you that you are alive and well. You rose from the dead. And now I can live in peace joy in forgiveness. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Today, I give myself to Jesus Christ and I receive Him. Father, I just thank you. Any person in this building or online, that prayed that prayer. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to just do a supernatural work in their heart. Holy Spirit, right now, you're washing their sins away with your precious blood. You're restoring them and renewing them and healing them and delivering them. And let them walk out of here today, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody shouted a big amen.